Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Today, I'm again really thrilled to have a discussion with Susanna Baquet from Women in CX. We are going to discuss about transforming insights into action. But as usual, let's start the discussion. Let's start the game in a proper way. Hi, Susanna. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining this podcast and also saving some time from your diary and um, being here to discuss with me. I'm really thrilled to, to deep dive in this topic because I think uh, transforming insights into action is really uh, an important topic and everybody is speaking about artificial intelligence. But before we deep dive in this, uh, in this discussion, we would like to learn more about you. We know that you are a member of Women in CX. And again, thank you very much to Claire Maskov to creating this opportunity to share uh, the views from Women in CX also on, on my podcast. Uh, Susanna, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. So um, I'm Susanna. I'm based in uh, Barcelona. Um, of course, I'm a member of Women in CX uh, since almost the beginning. Um, but I actually have a have a job. A job. I work for a for a corporation um, uh, in the in the life science industry. Um, and yes, I, I consider myself an experienced CX leader. Um, and at the same time, I'm very passionate about. Um, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. Um, and it's because I'm really captivated by the unique qualities of each person. And, uh, and I really like to understand the individualism of everyone and, and also make sure that everyone gets uh, represented and, and included. So um, uh, my passion for CX really has deepened my belief in, in really the active listening or uh, listening to customers, right? And considering their voice and, and probably that's why we are here. Um, I mean, in terms of my, uh, my, let's say hobbies, I really love reading. Um, and one of my passions is actually dancing and singing, even I don't do it very often. Um, and also writing. Um, I don't write books or anything uh, like for anyone to read. I, I just write some, some of my self-reflections. Um, and then I also li love like hiking and enjoying nature outside um, and, and learning things all, all the time. So, yeah, I think that's, that's me in a nutshell. Thank you very much. And you said reflecting and therefore the usual question, which values drive you in life? I think, I think for me, one of the most important values for me is like uh, transparency and integrity. Um, I think for me that it's super key to kind of that I can trust people and, and to, to also kind of build trust on others. I need to show myself uh, with authenticity, but also with, with a lot of integrity. Um, and then for me, as, as I said, uh, I'm, very, I'm very keen in, in really seeing the diversity of everyone and, and, and trying to 
include and have people having the sense of, of belonging. Um, and, and, and generosity for me is another, another value. Um, I enjoy so much by kind of giving and sharing. Um, and if I can make an impact, then even better. But for me, generosity itself uh, brings me a lot of joy. And therefore, we are here because you are sharing your knowledge, your know-how about this important topic that we are going to discuss. And we are really super keen to kick off this discussion. And therefore, let's the game start. Transforming insights into action. Why is this topic so relevant for you? Um, as I said, I, I mean, I'm an introvert as a person. And in my personal life, uh, I'm a great listener. And I always striving to kind of really move things to action, whatever I learn from someone and, and maybe support someone or do something. So it kind of comes naturally from me, but even as a customer, I'm, I'm always willing to provide feedback, but I also have that expectation that if I provide feedback, they do something about it, or at least they circle back with me or whatever. So, and that's what I really wanted to instill this as a, as a CX leader in, in my own company. I can understand that. Perhaps um, before we really deep dive into this topic, how did you develop really this passion for this topic? Um, I think it's mainly understanding that we should start moving from like a product-centric mentality, like, like companies selling products, to a more customer-centric, right? And, and, and I think the only way to do it is really gaining customer feedback and, and gaining insights from, from them and, and then apply this to innovate not only in the way we make products, let's say, or services, but also in the way we interact with customers, in the way we make them experience what we kind of provide to them. Um, and, and I think that's mainly where my passion kind of started saying, okay, products, yeah. I mean, one product, another product, they, they can be different. But at the end is how someone experiences those products. And the only way to know it is, yeah, actually asking them or gaining insights from what they tell us. As you are saying, as a customer, I try always to answer to these um, questions, give me feedback and all these type of um, surveys because I want to see what happens next. I am also a customer experience a friend, professional learner, and I want to see what happens. And um, in the, let's say really about the last 20 to 30 surveys that I answered to, I never received one feedback. Only on the last one, I got one feedback. Thank you for providing feedback. And I was quite sure that it was individualized to my feedback. It was not a standard thank you reply. And why is for companies so important to leverage these insights? I think it's, as I said, if we want to be customer centric, uh, that it's really a win-win, right? A win for customers and a win for companies. We need to really leverage those insights in any decision-making. And it's not only in creating products, but also in how we serve them, how they want to kind of find information. Um, because otherwise, they will switch to another company. I think customers nowadays, and I include myself, 
we have different expectations. We just don't want to buy something because we need something. And in many occasions, yes, we, we need some products, some features, but it's the way we, the, the, the journey going through getting that, using it and experiencing what really makes a difference. So I think it's super important that companies leverage insights from customers. Uh, we, I think we only, we all agree about what you are saying. And I think that's the only way our companies can differentiate themselves from the, the competitors. Uh, you have a specific appro approach. Could you please share your approach how to do that? Yeah, I think I think this changed quite recently. I mean, I think every customer experience professional or leader, we all kind of had implemented some voice of the customer program. So where you transactional, either transactional surveys or gathering feedback or when you get complaints, um, at least in my company and probably many companies, we have different functions that sometimes sit in silos, right? That have pieces of information about customers. Um, it could be this um, uh, survey-based uh, information, but also can be any transactional data from customers or even when a new product needs to be launched, other groups do focus groups with customers to understand like the customer needs, but everything was kind of working from silos. So um, I decided to have a holistic approach um, really to break those silos and bring all these um, insights uh, together and take them into consideration before any decision is made. So that was kind of the aim or is still the aim because it's in, in implementation of that uh, holistic approach. And could you please share perhaps a bit more about this, this holistic approach? How can we apply it? How does it really work? Yeah, I think it's, it's just being uh, the silo breaker, but uh, creating some standard framework, right? So the idea is we, based on a specific business problem or business priority, what I've created is what we name listening teams, this listening teams approach. So key stakeholders, probably from different functions or, or different um, parts of the organization um, that would be interested in solving a common problem or focusing on a specific priority. Um, and then gathering all the information that can be relevant to that priority. And this information can be in the form of, as I said, survey feedback or survey metrics, but this is just a small part, um, can be also um, kind of insights that are extracted, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, with, uh, with some artificial intelligence approaches, mainly natural language processing, that, that can be extracted from communications with customers um, to gather the sentiment, um, but also from some of these focus groups, maybe we have some information that it's relative to that specific problem or priority. And it's bringing them all together and have these teams physically meeting uh, or virtually meeting um, where this, all this holistic um, set of data, it's not only data, I mean, it's data moving into kind of insights um, is shared and then brainstormed. Uh, and the most important thing um, that is like a move to action 
uh, after that. Um, and and I think that's the 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 power and the change. It's not like having a voice of the customer program with some kind of feedback from customers that then is sent somewhere and then someone kind of consumes that or even measuring uh, some of the normal CX metrics or not normal, like the usual, not only measuring like MPS or NES or, and then it gets there somewhere posted, is really being intentional on extracting real insights but all around a specific priority, bringing the key stakeholders, sharing that, brainstorming, say, okay, what are we going to do about that? Is this going to inform us to move to the next steps in this priority, in this product development, or in this process change, or whatever it is that, that it's being discussed? Uh, you are mentioning it's an holistic approach, but it's also very practical and so on. Let's do that and let's solve uh, a problem. And this is what I really like. Uh, perhaps do you have an example that you can share, um, practical example that, that you can share with the audience? Um, I think the first one that we did was around um, our customer portal. Uh, so in our web, we have a customer portal with, with um Customers can, can have their account and they can register kind of the instruments they have. They can open, of course, support tickets and, and all of that. So um, since my team was owning that, that portal, we decided to start kind of gathering feedback from customers on how easy it was, of course, to use some of the functionalities, but also we created some like feature requests. If you would like to have a, a feature request that customers could post and other customers could vote. Um, and then, okay, I took everyone that was responsible, like from the web team, the customer support team, and we created that holistic kind of listening team. And based on the feedback that we got from the portal, plus the interactions, plus, as I said, the, the, the net easy score or the easy or difficult and this kind of feature requests. And we decided, okay, what are we going to do about it? What's the, what's the kind of, is there a burning topic or is there a new feature that we could implement? And based on that, in the past, I would say three to four years, we've implemented changes in the portal um, based on what customers were telling us either that didn't work so well or even new ideas. Um, and then of course we continue to uh, ask customers, but some of the things that were kind of a pain point now are something that it's, uh, it's well received by customers. So I think that was kind of the first area where we implemented um, that approach. And it's it's really interesting. At the beginning, you shared that it's now in implementation because you are uh, implementing that. Um, perhaps what went well and what uh, what should change in order to make it even uh, even better. I think um, I, I'm I'm saying that it's in implementation because, of course, it's not company wide in terms of covering everything, right? So my end goal, my let's say my, <laughs> my dream would be that any decision that has to be made at, uh, at any uh, level at the company that may impact customers um, is informed by one of these uh, listening teams. Um, but, but that's a little bit far away. So I'm taking it in, in chunks, right? So we, I started with something that I had more stake in the game. 
um, because uh, I own the, the portal, even though there are a lot of different stakeholders. But now we are moving it more into product development, right? So, um, so we are starting with software that usually is less complex and has a, a higher cadence of, of development. Um, but yeah, I think that the learnings is that first of all, you really need to um, build these cross-functional partnerships. Otherwise, yeah, this is not going to work. You need to the, to collaborate with a lot of departments, kind of show some wins for them, uh, and then they will engage because everyone has his own kind of goals and uh, uh, initiatives. And and I think if you don't do that, uh, it's very hard then to implement any change, right? So change management is also key. So really structured way of, of generating that desire for the change and showing not only the, the, the value for the others and the what's in it for me, uh, but also what is the main purpose and what are we trying to achieve, uh, even if they have to change and have these additional kind of meetings. Um, I, I think that that's kind of one of the key learnings. Challenges, yeah, many. Many challenges like, okay, we, sh we did a lot of this insight sharing, but then moving to action was hard because, oh yeah, maybe, but uh, we have other, other considerations to take, so we can probably not kind of move it to action immediately. Um, so that's why I'm saying it's still in implementation in some areas. It's going to be easy, easier than in other areas, but, but I still believe that is the right thing to do. I think you are touching an extremely important topic the, the, around change management. You define that desire for change, I would say, at least the understanding for, for the change. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, one thing that... Uh, come to my mind is um, now you're really um, customer focused, focusing on the customer on the portal side. How can you balance, let's say, uh, financial targets and financial expectation from the top stakeholders together with, with customer expectation? Because sometimes you need to pre prioritize feature that you are going to implement and often financial self priorities uh, in compared to, to customer. What's, what's, what's happening in your company that you can share and what's your view on that? I, I think there are all, you always need to, I wouldn't say trade off, but yes, find a balance. Um, of course, customers may ask for a lot of things that, uh, that might be uh, nice for them, but if it doesn't bring value to the company, it's harder to uh, to implement. So uh, we always work in in a very structured way um, that it's using an impact matrix, right? So what is going to be the impact, the impact for the customer, um, and then what is going to be the effort? It's going to be kind of high effort, low effort, um, high impact, low impact. And then we do an impact matrix also based on the business, right? So it's going to be the impact for the business. And if you can find something that has high impact for the customer experience and high impact for the business, because you can justify it even if it's not financially, but it's um, maybe with some um, yeah, efficiency gains, or um, then it's easier to implement. 
than others. But yes, uh, I mean, it's right. We cannot just have a wish list and implement everything. You always need to rationalize um, and make sure that it's a win, um, a win-win situation. And you, you mentioned several times breaking silos. Silos is one of the top priority. Do you have perhaps some advices to share with, with the audience how you are tackling this, this topic? I think it's just uh, building those relationships. Um, that's what I that's that's what I experienced in in my life um, uh, at at the company and 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 working as a CX um, as a CX leader for the past ten years. I think you need to build those relationships. Ju just sometimes approaching, not to ask for something, or just building the relationships to really initially understand what the other function is doing, what are their pain points, what are they, their needs, and then finding something initially that can be a win for them, where you can prove that customer experience and the initiatives that we have can help their function specifically. And then it's much easier uh, when you have any other initiatives to bring them on board. Um, but I think it's super important the the like the human to human building building relationships thank you very much and you are touching one of my preferred quotes uh, we are not in a b2b or b2c world we are oh, in a human yeah. to human environment and therefore let's exactly. move to the second half of this uh, of this game and move uh, on on the topic leadership it's something that really help us as uh, as cx professional transformation prof transformational professionals in our um, careers um what key leadership le lessons have you learned throughout your career that you can you can share with us I think the first one I already shared is this building these cross-functional partnerships and, and relationships um, and trying to align goals with others. Uh, I think as CX professionals, we cannot live in another silo. Um, yeah, we actually can be as a standalone function or, or yeah, a resource team, where I think it's great, um, but we cannot be another silo with another set of goals and another set of um, of uh, KPIs. So I think we need to constantly build those relationships and collaborate with other departments and and have common goals or at least aligned goals. And and that's what I've learned. If you don't have those aligned goals, it's so hard to try to do something that it's for your CX goals. Um, if other departments or uh, in the organization don't feel that they should be also accountable. Um, for me, another key leadership lesson um, is the, that the diversity of thought, that the perspective, the experiences is so key to really drive change for continuous improvement. So that's why I'm so keen in, in having a very diverse team that it's worldwide uh, with a lot of different, not only cultures and gender and um, and and identity, um, but also different backgrounds, different um, uh, different studies. So I think 
that is when you can really have not only a, an engaged team, but but also high performing. So for that's why I'm I'm very keen always in in promoting diversity and inclusion and the sense of belonging. Yes, because I'm very intrigued also about the individualism of people, as I said, but also because I think the best team is 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 a diverse team. Yes, I think that's that's really key. And um, you shared already this in the importance of the diversity, equity, and inclusion. However, I would like to ask this question anyhow. Uh, what's your secret, perhaps the second one, because the first one you already shared, your secret ingredient you leverage in, for your mental health? Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I had a, a health episode like, a year and a half ago that really shaked me and, and made me think, okay, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have a self-care and take care of yourself, uh, yeah, the rest doesn't matter. Right. Um, and in terms of mental health, um, something very practical that I do is of course, uh, as I said, having this, self-care in front of me all the time when I feel stressed or and prioritize it, having this healthy mindset. Um, but one thing is really setting realistic expectations. I'm always striving for excellence and I think it's great that people raise the bar and, uh, but setting unrealistic expectations is what really brings me a lot of stress and, and I think it's prompt to burn out. So no matter what I do, I try to really set realistic expectations. I aim long-term for very high, but setting realistic expectations and being conscious that I need to take care of my um, mental health because, yeah, I think that's, at least for me, what stressed me the most is when I have something that I see that I cannot achieve. Um, so I, no matter how, um, whatever goal I have, I just try to set it in realistic chunks that, that, that can be done. Um, and then the other thing is celebrating these achievements, no matter how small or how big they are, but just keep celebrating. That also gives me a lot of, uh, of peace of mind, I would say. And, and, and also if something, it cannot be achieved, I also try to practice this self-compassion, right? Saying, okay, I mean, not always things can work well, but we are go for the next one. Thank you very much, Susanna. I think a lot of people can profit from, from what you are saying. Our lives, our um, business lives are quite stressed. We have a lot of stress, a lot of things to do. And what you shared, I hope and I'm sure that will help also a lot of other people. Now we are coming um, to the last part of this discussion of this game. It's about the future. In 10 years from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. What we're discussing about? Yeah, I think, I think there is nothing super new. Um, but I think it will continue to be discussed in 10 years. Of course, one thing is around, I think there are two things. Probably one is how we link and integrate much more the employee experience with the customer experience. I know there is a lot of um, conversation right now, but I haven't seen anything that it's fully integrated. I see a lot of 
um, studies that actually uh, prove that engage employees, um, improve the engagement of customers. But I don't see any holistic approach of, or even someone that is responsible for en employee experience and customer experience at the same time and have common programs. I think that that should continue because, as you said, the human, uh, the human to human will continue, and we have humans in in both in both areas. And then the other big thing, I, I think, it's going to be around ethics and 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 trust. And I think today, yeah, there is a, now it's a starting for all these. Um, artificial intelligence and automation. I mean, before we talked a lot about data privacy and security, I think more now is going to go. And even in 10, in 10 years from now, I, I, I believe that we'll still be there because, yeah, we had a big kind of breakthrough now with generative AI, but I'm sure there are going to be other breakthroughs uh, quickly uh, in the next 10 years. And yeah, addressing the biases of, of the algorithms or even ensuring transparency uh, or, or the balance between personalization and privacy. I think all of these will continue um, to be part of the conversations. Thank you very much for your view uh, on the future. This game is coming to an end, but we still have a few minutes in the extra time. Um, what's the best way to contact you? Uh, I have my LinkedIn profile. Um, I think that's I, I check on a on a daily basis quite often, and that probably is the easiest way to to contact me. Thank you very much. And now we are coming to the last question: Is Susanna's golden nugget? It's something we discussed, or something new to leave to the audience? Um, I would say is embrace a culture of action. We all talk a lot, a lot about, yeah, um, gathering feedback, the voice of the customer. But for me, it's transforming customer insights into action. And it's what brings the value. Uh, and then you need to act on this valuable feedback swiftly and decisively because Otherwise, yeah, as you said, you, you, you mentioned in your own experience, right, that, that sometimes you provide feedback and you hear nothing or maybe just too late. Um, but I think, yeah, act um, quickly and also uh, using those insights to really guide the strategic decisions. Thank you very much, Susanna. It was a great pleasure to have you on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Please stay with me. To the audience, it's everything. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion. Again, thank you very much to Women in CX and to Claire Mascot to make that possible, to share also the experiences from the CX sisters from uh, Women in CX. And we love feedback. Please let us know what you think about this episode. See you the for the next episode. Thank you and bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!